Good, you're very smart. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> now, we, we've gathered together what? In his name. So we have his word that he's already here. And then we have his word where he said, Jesus said, if I go, I'm going to send one just like me. Just like me. Right? So in other words, if I have a $100 bill, say, say that's your $100 bill, and this is my $100 bill, and I'm going to say, but I'm going to go away so you won't have this one anymore, but I'm going to send one just like it. Now, 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 now look at that. Does, do you think this will do what that one does? I think so. You think so? Well, I'm not sure of it, so just hang on to it and see if it works. Amen. Birthday should be happy, you know. <laughs> and, and so this morning, it ought to create that because faith, which you know so much of, we think we do, it, it is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things what? Not seen. What is? Hope is. Now there's a scripture that says the hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And some people have translated it say God put it off for whatever reason he, uh, in his infinite wisdom and sovereignty, whatever he's putting off, I'm not receiving right now, could, could make the heart sick. The heart's not sick because God's putting anything off. And so there's, there's a place in him that, that I, and, I, and I can sum this up in a few minutes with, with things that we have been teaching. And, and, and the Lord, like I say, he, he just wants to speak. So Michelle told me this morning, she said, well, we got this, this, you know, some family things to do this week and some family events. And my brother came down and we, it was a, kind of an all-day thing yesterday. And um, so she said, I, I'm going to go to Publix. And I said, well, I got to go do a couple of things. She says, well, well, take your time because I'm going to be in here a while. I'm thinking, well, that's, I'm used to that anyway. I mean, you don't need to tell me that. So I used to believe when she said, I'm going to go get a couple of things. I used to believe that. <laughs> I, I can almost remember when I used to believe she was going to get a couple of things. <laughs> and when she came out this time, there was a woman with, with two buggies, wasn't it? She came out with two buggies. And she said, well, I got a lot of stuff. And she said, there's only like 400 something dollars. I said, well, you, you, you ought to have something in there. You know, she said, this should last a while. She said, maybe till the end of the month. And I know that just means she'll be back there next Thursday. <laughs> I mean, I, I know how this works. So while I was in there at Publix, we're, we're shopping, obviously, is a great pleasure to her. And with what I give them every month, it should be a pleasure to them also. I'm sitting minding my, my business, and I have this book in the truck because I always try to make sure I have something to write with. And just, I'm not thinking about anything. I've, I've went and done what I was going to do. And I was sitting there, it was hot, I had the air conditioner turned on. And he said, get that book behind you. And I know he, he wants to talk about it. So I just wrote a couple pages of what he said. And, th and this is what he said to me. He said, many of God's people, he said, many of my people are, are looking for some newfound secret. He said, they're looking for a revelation that has never been revealed before. He said, they're, they're going to the next meeting. They're looking for the next book. They're looking for the next CD. They're looking for the next seminar. He said, they're going from revival to revival. There are people who we call revival junkies. He said, they're going from teacher to teacher, going from healing line to healing line. 
seeking out prophet to prophet, from prophetic word to prophetic word, as if it was a, a, a pick-me-up. In other words, it's like Holy Ghost high caffeine. He said, you will never in your lifetime, in our lifetime here, see and comprehend all the mysteries of revelation that are embedded in my word. He said, but do you understand, now listen to this, but do you understand what a miracle took place in the new birth? Isn't that pretty elementary for God to talk to me about the ABCs? But the Lord seems to think this pretty high revelation Amen. about the new birth. Amen. You said, well, I know about being saved. Well, you just barely scratched anything when you said that. I mean, that was, that was amazing. He says, do you under, he said, if, if people understood, he said, the supernatural ramifications and what happened to, to you when you were born again and now that you were made the righteousness of, of Christ. He went on to say, you should always remember and understand your position in my son Jesus, in Christ, which is your sonship into the family of God. Then they kind of got into the message we've been preaching. I want to take just a few minutes and we'll ask them to come and minister. It says, now when we see, now that we see who we are in him as a son, you see, and we know that we've been, we know this because we've been assured by the Spirit. The Spirit of God gives us the confirmation that we are sons. Not a prophet, not a priest. The Holy Spirit confirms that with you. You can't pull out a card and prove to me that you're, you're, you're born in Christian, but you know in your heart, I can't talk you out of it. And yet you have no proof to it whatsoever. And the authority with which you have been authorized in the use of the power of the name of Jesus. Now, I've been hitting this ground for three weeks, and, and, and he, he told me just continue to hit it, pound it, as it were, because these are things that we need mastery in, not information. Mastery. Not information, mastery. There's some of us who knows a lot of things about a lot of things, and some of us who just knows, you know, there's some things I, I know very little about. No one's asked me to build anything, and they shouldn't. It, it would be a terrible process. I bought a, a drill the other day, and it, and it wasn't drilling too good. But I, I went into Lowe's. I'm looking for you know, a decent drill. Never really had a decent drill. Need one. And he said, well, this is, this is this will be good. It'll, it'll do it all. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I thought it came with the with the uh, the battery and the you know the battery charges, but that's separate. So that DeWalt's really wanted 150 for the drill, and they wanted 150 for the charger. That's 300 dollars. And he said it was good, and I said it ought, it ought to be good. I said it, it ought to do the work itself. <laughs> well, for what I was doing, you know, I was putting little bits in there, and it was fine. Then one day I needed a small bit, and I looked in the thing. How how am I gonna get a small bit in there? And I held the little collar out, the little, you know, what do you call, what do you call the, it's not a collar, so. Whatever there is, you know, the little part that you snap in, into your bit. And then you release it, it pulled up and it releases it. So I thought, well, maybe I'll pull it up and something will come out of it and it'll hold on to this little bit. 
And I did that for 20 minutes. It wouldn't come out. And I, and I couldn't see what was going on with this thing because, you know, I never had a drill that had lights on it. And I was like, that's cool. But I can't see what's going on there because the lights are in my eyes. So I had to get a, I had to get a dark cloth and cover the, drill, the lights up so I could see what's going on when I'm holding it up and nothing was going on. And so uh, Pastor Billings just happened to call me, and he said, what are you doing? I said, I don't even want to tell you. He said, well, you can tell me. He said, I believe anything you tell me. <laughs> he said, he said, he says, uh, you can quit holding that thing up. He says, nothing's ever going to come out and grab that little bitty bit. It's a little bitty bit. He said, you bought an impact drill. I says, I bought a drill. He said, I said, an impact. I says, well, it's not impacting much of anything. I said, he said, you, you should have just bought a drill. I said, I told the man I need a good drill. He said, well, go back and get you the other one. Well, you go back and get the other one. They want $300. I don't want $600 in two drills for what I'm going to do. I don't even want 300 in eight of them. But I spent two hours fooling with something that, 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 that's not even meant to do that. Because it's not even how it's built, it's not its nature, it doesn't, it doesn't even function that way. Of course, you know, we went back and found a little thing that you can put in there, you know, you can put in that, it'll grab that, and then, then on the extension of that you can put a, a bit. And that's what a lot of us do, that we don't even know who we are, so we're not functioning the way that we're supposed to function because we're not functioning out of Him because we're supposed to be in Him. And when you don't know who you are in Him, you'll always, you won't function like Him, you'll malfunction. Because he made you look like him, not that you, you wear the same color clothes or the same shoes or you, you'll do your hair the same way that God does, but that you'll look like him in the sense of the spirit that you'll function just like him. Amen. And the church, by and large, malfunctions. So we're going to people because we need real answers and, and we can get it. And, and, and part of it, there's nothing wrong with, with that really. But that's not God's highest goal is that you need to go find someone to pray for you every time you've got a problem. It's just not. There's going to be a time in your life they're not going to be there. Or they're going to be there and you, and you still didn't get the help that you needed. And all of us, if we'd be you know, honest, we'd say amen. Hmm? So it comes down to who you are and who he is and what this whole thing's about. So he, uh, he talked to me about this. And, and so we, we were talking about, you know, we've been talking for a couple of weeks about the authority and that, that we function in Jesus' name and we function in his authority. Because Matthew 28, Jesus said after, after the cross and after he was raised, he said, all power belongs to me, right? Amen. Which means the devil has how much? If Jesus has all of it, and, and the, then the devil has what? Zero. He has zero. So he has zero authority, and actually you have zero authority. We won't master here. You, you do not have authority. If a policeman, you know, uh, a gentleman or, or a lady goes and they go to the academy, they're, they're just like you, they're a person. But then they leave there with training, and they leave there with knowledge. And when they leave there, they give some form of service or ceremony and they give it their issued a badge and a gun. But but that badge and that authority is not it doesn't start with them, does it? When they're if if they write you a citation or they write you a ticket, they're authorized to do that because of what of who they represent. Yeah. They can't do anything other than what they've been authorized to do because they are the representative of those who are, they are authorized to go do it in. 
the church does a lot of things because we're supposed to be the ambassadors of Christ. We are his representatives. So we can't say as his representative things that he didn't say and be him. You can't speak things that he didn't speak and he didn't say if, and represent him. Amen. So it would behoove us to find out who we are in him and what he said, and then we can speak those things to have the same kind of results. So it's not, it's not your authority, because if it was your authority once again, then you would just pray in your name. But no one's ever prayed in their name. If they, well, I hope they didn't. They had any sense. <laughs> You say, well, I got delegated authority. You absolutely don't have delegated authority. You say, well, yeah, I have delegated authority like the disciples. Well, the disciples and the apostles, they had delegated authority, but delegated authority is for a time and a purpose, and he would send them out, and they would come back rejoicing because they never saw this before. You know, and he says, even the devils are subject to, 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 our, to your name. He says, well, of course they are. I mean, what do you think I sent, them, sent you out to do? Play patty cake with them? <laughs> so, but did you notice that stopped when they got back and the mission was completed? Until he'd given them, they didn't have all until he'd given them all to do. So we, we, we operate in that. And when we see that, that would produce a confidence in you. That's supposed to confidence. Not, it's not supposed to bring you down saying, I don't have authority. No, that's telling you it's not you, it's him. Amen. So that when I'm praying for you, it's no longer me, it's him. It's, it's him in me, and it's his words through my voice, but it's, it's all him, it's not me. Amen. So when we're ministering to someone, and for someone for healing, what's happened for us, we've ministered to people before, and we say, well, it didn't seem like nothing worked. Well, there, that was the problem. Sometimes you're brand new starting these things and you, and, and you should start and you should, you should use the, the proper use of his name and see the Holy Spirit will follow, will follow this. And it's, it's, not, it's not a formula. It's not words. It's the Holy Ghost's intention. And if you want something to move faster, you want to move it quickly, don't do it out of pity. Pity means I feel sorry for you. If you want, if you want results fast, come out of compassion. Pity says I'm sorry. For your situation. Compassion said, I'm also sorry, but I got something I can help you with. Amen. And so here we, here, here we are in the proper use of his name. So when we understand these things, we have to come back to the place of understanding who we really are in him and that producing a confidence in you because it, it's, it's his name. And, and the enemy is realizing now he knows, now she knows that they're not obeying me and what I've done, see, if it's you, here's going to be our problem. If it's any part of us, I can tell you through my many years of experience, if it's any part of you, when you start to pray, the bigger the situation is, the more you'll think about you. Watch ministers when they pray, and when they've got something serious in front of them, they'll start quoting 47 verses. Now, why are you doing that? And they say, now, Lord, you said this, and you said, you know, that you did this, and Lord, you said that. Where did you get that from? I, I was sitting there doing the last song. He said, he, I, I heard, he said, turn, turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. When I stood up and said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he said, count the words, all of these, the ands, the therefores, or whatever. And he told them everything he was anointed to do. He, he said, how many words did I? I said, 58. He said, how many words do you use? 
He said, I, I could heal the broken heart sick, get rid of devils, demons, uh, all this. And, and they were so happy about it. No, they weren't happy. A few verses later, they said they wanted to throw him off of a cliff. They said headlong, this, the headlong. I mean, not even on your feet. I mean, not even feet position. They wanted to take you by the ankles and, poof, and drop you like that. This is people he goes to church with. So you don't even know who's sitting next to you. <laughs> I mean, you know, you preach a sermon, try to help you. I'm anointed to help you. Who you think you are? Throw him off the cliff. But when you know who you are, so your confidence is no longer in you. And, 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 I, and I, I remember all the days that I did this and someone come up and it's a serious thing. And it's like I needed more stuff. You ever prayed for someone with something serious and, and just inwardly you feel like, man, I need to, I mean, I, I got to get this thing rolling somehow. I, 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 I got to pick it up. I mean, we, we, we need more power working here. We need more agreement. Everyone stretch your hands out towards this person as we pray. Nothing wrong with all that. You know, there, there's a principle there. One puts a thousand, two puts ten thousand flight. But I'm talking about what you're going to do when you're all by yourself. And I've been in hospitals when it was all it was just me and them. And I only had five minutes to be in there and I had to do something right then. And they were most of them won't, they weren't coherent or they were or they were in a total coma. And all I could do was go in there and just <clears throat> and be Christ to them and just release life out of my hands. Because that's all you're doing when you're laying hands on the sick is you're releasing life. <clears throat> and it don't even take laying on of hands. You can actually do it, you know, through words. Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and life. You actually can do it just through looking at someone, through eyes to eyes. Because it's spirit to spirit. It's not spirit to flesh or flesh to flesh. It's spirit to spirit. So when you're, when you're sending forth life, you're sending that life out of your spirit. And it's actually going into their spirit. Then it comes out of their spirit and it goes into the body wherever it needs to go to. <clears throat> and it depends on how much, <clears throat> excuse me, how much measure you're putting in there. So when you lay hands on the sick and nothing seems to change, you say, well, we need to do something different because that didn't work. No, it, it, it did work because you said it in his name. And people say, well, does everyone get healed when you lay hands on them? Well, you would say by experience, no. But see, I have to go to the place of, of the gospel, of the Great Commission. He said, believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So to me, that has to settle it that when I laid hands on you, the recovery place started. I can't use you or me to, to change that word. So what do I do? I go back in and I, and, and I add to what I've already done. I don't start over because it didn't work. I add to. I add to. And so we talked about this many times before. You could probably use a thousand different analogies, but it's just, it's just like the guy brick in the house. He starts not at the top. He starts at the bottom, and he, he lays a brick upon a brick upon a brick, and it goes around the house. He might be there three days. might be there, depending on the side of the house, might be there a week or two, right? But eventually he gets to the top. And you would say that's a brick house, but it's many bricks who make the house. So I put that measure in there, measure in there. I shared this with you, just a, st a statistic. You can't build a doctrine on this. I always try to tell you when I'm doing something like this. John G. Lake always said this. He said, just my experience, my experience, and you know, Dr. Lake would have some experiences. Don't you think he dealt with some sick people enough to have some experience? 
He did. He said, I've noticed when I can get them 70% healed on the inside, he says, it'll show up on the outside. He said, just by experience. He says, so if I can keep adding to where I, where I was yesterday and I can get them 70%, he said, I can get anybody healed of anything. Amen. Anything. So I have to believe that when believers lay hands on the sick, the recovery place starts right then. Amen. You say, well, don't, they don't look like it and we don't feel like it. And Well, that, that's, that's the sense realm, right? And that's where emotions begin. And, you know, emotions, I, I could tell you some stories right now about what's happened to people and things that's happened that literally some of you in here would be crying in two minutes if I told you two stories I've never told you. But I could stop in two minutes and tell you two funny stories and have you laughing. And in five minutes, you'd be from tears of, 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 of pity and sadness to tears of joy. And all that would come out of your emotions, which means your emotions are very fickle. Mm -hmm. And you can put no faith in them whatsoever. So when I understand who I am, that's when, and this is the master, we, we, we got to get this. When I, when I understand who I am, I understand that I'm a son of God. Once again, once again, if you're a woman, you're still a son of God. Well, God joined. Let no one quit, quit separating yourself if you're a female from what God said he's joined together. We're, we're sons of God. Amen. Whether you like it or not, God's man and woman. You, I, I, I'm thinking you know that. Yep. If you don't know that, he is. So if you don't like, if you're a man and you don't like women, then you meet God. There's part of him that's just like, you know, he's, Mm-hmm. So, and actually what God did, he thinks he did a very good job. I mean, he made Eve and woke up Adam and Adam looked at her and he says, here's your helpmate. And he says, took a part of you out of her, took a rib out of you and <clears throat> made her. Took him from your side, not from underneath your feet, but from your side for should be by your side. That's why I'd usually order ribs every now and then because I, I just feel like I'm missing one. I don't know. I just I always go to like Jim Nick. So I have the, I have the ribs. You know, it's like I'm, I feel like I'm missing some ribs here. But <clears throat> so together in Christ, we, we are sons of God. Say, say I'm a son of God. Tell you never say you are a son of God. Now, how many of you believe that Jesus has mastery over the devil, has defeated him on every point. Yep. Amen. Does, does anyone disagree with that? And now you're God's son, is that right? And Jesus said, what, all the authority that, that he says that I have, I'm going to give you use of that through my name, so would that give you the same mastery? Whether you experienced it or not, is, is it true? Yes. yes. So, you, so you're God's son, Therefore, you're the devil's master. Amen. And because you are the devil's master, you now serve man and humanity. You're, you're not the servant of God. You are a son who serves, yeah. but you're not God's. That, that's two different classes of people. That's right. All this is understanding the new covenant and all, stuff, all such of this. In the new covenant, you're, you're, you're not a servant to God. Jesus said the servant doesn't even know what his master is doing, and he lets you in on everything. Amen. So, you, so you're not a servant of God. The problem is we've been working for God instead of letting him work for us. 
we've been punching in the time clock and, and it goes the other way around. So we're, uh, so we're, we're, son, we're sons of God, we're a master of the devil, and we serve mankind. But if you don't understand who you are, you can never serve mankind because you, have, you don't know who you are, so you can't master the devil until you understand you're a son. So we, we talked about this, mastery. So I'm a son of God. Therefore, I'm a master of the devil. And because I'm a master of the devil, I serve mankind. But I can't serve mankind until I know I'm a master of the devil. And because I'm a master of the devil, that means I'm a son of God. So when you speak, heaven listens and agrees. And when you speak, hell hears and obeys. And, and that's what has to settle it. Now, I'll finish right here. Go to, go to Hebrews chapter 4. Let me finish here. My part. We'll greet everybody on Facebook. Sorry, we, we kind of came in the service going 90 miles an hour. So we're glad you're part of our service today. And believe things will be ministered to you to help you and change your life. I said, what did I say, Hebrews? Well, it's not working good because I'm in Ephesians, but let me get to Hebrews. Both of them have a chapter 4, but it just won't come out the same, I'm sure. Now, so, I remember getting hold of a verse years ago, and uh, when I got hold of this verse, and we teach a lot on, and we still do, the finished work of Christ and who we are in Christ, I got hold of a translation that, you know, I, I've given it to other people. Anyone ever got a word from God or you saw something that just, I mean, rocked your word and you went, and you went and share with someone? And I said, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like, no, it's like, wow. It's not like, yeah. It's like amazing. <laughs> I mean, don't tell me I need to slap you. You better say, wow. I mean, wow is easy, right? What's wow left or right? What's it, right to left? Upside down. See, there you go. Wow, Mom. <laughs> Don't ever forget that. And it was, uh, it was out of Galatians 2.20. You don't have to turn there. And it was in the distilled Bible. And it came out of a, an understanding of, of who we are that then we're ministering to people. Well, actually, all you're ministering is life. We're not even getting in touch with God about it. Because Jesus, Jesus never prayed for anyone who was sick. Now think about this. I said this last week, I think. Jesus never taught a healing sermon ever. I, I, I don't know one that he taught. Now he healed thousands. Tens of thousands, I suppose. But he, he never preached a, a healing service sermon. Now, if you think of one, you let me know, and then I'll, I'll, I'll retract that and take it back. You, you said, well, he said the Spirit of the Lord. Yeah, he was telling the Spirit of the Lord's upon me, and, and therefore this is what's going to happen. But he, did, he didn't run down 50 scriptures. And uh, so the Lord was telling me, well, I was sitting at Publix, and he says, you know, you and most people, he said, you say more in words, in speech form, to things, to, to rid things out of people's body or whatever the problem is, 
than I said to create the world. And I, I went to Genesis chapter one and I just read, you know, like that. And I said, yeah, I mean, I got and there's nothing wrong. I mean, all these confessions and declarations and decrees, there's nothing wrong with them. That's the, the, they're good. And actually, actually, if you understand why you're doing it, if you're if you're trying to get something, then, then you're you're working it from the wrong end. And he says, I didn't say near as much as as most of you say, you know, trying to get rid of a headache to create an entire universe. <laughs> I mean, he, he did it all in just a, just a few verses. And, you, and you're just trying to get rid of, uh, you know, uh, allergies and saying a whole lot more than he said. So what that comes to is a place of believing and believing is never believing until you're rested. And Americans don't know much about resting. There's people who don't know how to rest. There's people who, you know, their personality and everything about them is just go, 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 go. And when something happens and, and, and they got to sit down for a while. I mean, if you've ever had COVID and, and, or know someone had COVID, you're supposed to sit out for a while. And people who's busy, tell them to sit down for 10 days or 14 days. It's, and, and, and they don't know what to do with themselves. Might pie and pick up the Bible sometime, may help you. I don't mean that's condemnation, but I'm just saying it's the sense of we're, we're so busy in thoughts and action that we never come to a place of having done all, now just stand or just rest. See, the, 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 the type of the old covenant priest was, you know, when they went into the, the inner court, and, um, and that's even why our, our worship a lot of time is messed up, that we're, we have people teaching us, you know, how to go start a music from the outer court, and then we come to the, you know, we come to the, almost like the place of opening up there, you know, the, the, the tent. Then we have, you know, we, in other words, there's like three layers to get into where God is under the old covenant, which was true. I mean, you had the outer court, and then you had to come into the inner part of the chamber before you went into the holy part. There, there was like three parts to that. And people, a lot of times, who teach worship um, conventions and stuff like that, they'll, they'll teach you, you know, this type of music takes you, you know, you're in the outer court, then you need this to get here, then you need to get this here, then you come here, this is where the glory is. They have just made you an Old Testament person from one end to the other. And, and, and I don't need to go three different places to find God in me. Because I found God at Publix this week. Yeah. And he was sitting in the truck with me. I thought, why are you sitting in my truck? You must have a lot to do. <laughs> he says, no, your wife's in there having a the pleasure. I said, yeah, well, okay. So we, so we just talked. Why? Because... The glory is already on the inside, and he'll, he'll come anywhere at any time because he's just, he, he remains, he's constant. And if that's in your thinking, then, then you've developed a consciousness of who he is and who you are. And it doesn't take, the Holy Spirit doesn't need a ham and organ to, to create an atmosphere that he can, he can now rise up and talk to you. Because I don't have one. I could get one, but I don't know how to play it, and you may not know how to play it. And here we say, we could have the glory, but we, we have no, we don't have a ham and organ, and we don't have, you know, the, you know, we don't have the brass and, the, and the, all the things it takes, to, you know, to motivate Holy Spirit to rise up. I mean, you know, heaven has worship. So do you think our worship here, through our musicians, awes them? Like, wow, man, we never hit, or no one hit a chord like that, not even in heaven. Let's go down there and do something, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think so. I mean, I don't know, but I don't, I don't think so. 
I mean, they don't come down to our worship service and, and come back and say, Lord, you've got to hear this one. This, this is awesome. <laughs> awesome. We need to change our worship right now. <laughs> awesome. Bethel's put out some stuff. We, we need change. <laughs> we, we got to change. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't believe that. Jesus didn't have any of that. And the more that you need to have for you to do anything, the more you're going to cripple yourself. Brother Hagin said, if you need an alarm clock to get you up, you're crippling your faith in every area. He said, because I train myself. I train, my, I train my spirit. And I would tell myself when to wake up and my spirit would wake me up. He says, so the more that you need to function in life, the less you're going to be able to do. Because you're going to have crutches or things that facilitate you to help you to, to do that. Even in guest ministry. It always should be a place of, of honor there. But, you know, my thing is, again, if it takes 47 people to meet you at your car to get you out of the building, in the building, and I mean, I, I've had people, in the, and I wouldn't tell you their names because you, you'd be shocked, and so I will never do it, that, you know, we, we can't really do this. We have to have a certain kind of water. And I thought, that's $12 a bottle. And they're like, well, this is the kind that we use. And we can't use it unless the, uh, the salad has this kind of stuff in it. And I had a couple down one time, you know, and we were in Clanton. You know, there was no Publix. There, there, there was no specialty stores. And everything, they, here, they sent me a list coming, they were coming out of one of the northern states to minister for a couple of services. And they, and they sent me this list of things. I thought, we can't cook this stuff. I can't even buy the ingredients to do it. Now, I wish I didn't do what I did do that day. We got down there and she says, I don't know if I can eat this and I don't know if I can eat that. I said, well, we, we put this in it, but it wasn't quite what you asked for because we, we just don't have nowhere to buy it. She said, I just don't really know. And, and, I, and I didn't, oh, I wish I had never done this, but actually she wrote me a letter and said, help me. I said, stop it right now. I, I, I told a woman older than me, I said, I said, stop it. I said, Brother Hagin used to take people off and go to another country, and he, he told a gentleman, he said, I'd like to go with you, but I can't go there because I'm a bad diabetic, and if I go there, I'm going to have problems with this, this, and this. And Brother Hagin says, no, no, you're not. You're, you're, you're going with me. I need you. <clears throat> you're you're going to go with me. And while you're with me, he said, you, you'll, never, you'll never need a shot. You'll never need a tablet. You'll, you can eat anything you want to. And he said, when you get home, you can decide how you want to live after then. And the guy's own testimony was, he said, I, ne I mean, I ate everything I wasn't supposed to eat. I, I never had one shot. He says, my, my sugar never spiked high, never did it ever go low. And it worked. He said, it worked that way for two weeks after I got home. So I told this woman, I, says, I said, if, you know, I, this is the best we can do. I'm going to bless it. And I'm, and I'm believing the words that I'm speaking, so it's going to be blessed. See, f food's not killing you. <laughs> now, the doctor may tell you this, and, you know, and this is where you, you may get upset with me, but, but see, food might put a chink in your armor, but it's not what's killing you. People say, well, don't you believe in the, of the generations and the spirits that operate through families? Uh, yes. But I don't believe in repenting for my father and my grandfather. I, you know, I, I don't know what my great-granddad, great-great-granddad, I don't even know him. So I'm not going to lay down and, and repent from people from, you know, from 200 years ago, and I don't even know what they did. You see, well, don't you think it's that? Yeah, I, I think it's the devil, not that. Well, well, don't you think bitterness causes arthritis? No, I don't. I think a devil does. And I think if you quit acting like him, you'll, you'll quit having arthritis. I think maybe if we quit doing what granddaddy did, we'll, we'll quit having granddaddy's problems. 
Well, yeah, but then there's the generational things and the, all the curses of the generation. Really? Because Jesus never taught on one, one time did Jesus never teach no. on a generation curse. No. That, and people don't like that when you teach that. You say, I got some really awesome books. I know. I mean, what, you, know, you know what's running in the church right now, the pulpits? Whatever's the greatest and, and best-selling book. on, right. and, and you've memorized that book to where you try to make it yours, page and page. I know I've done some of that junk. And, uh, and that's what's run the church is whatever's the best-selling book. And generation of curses for the last four or five years, I mean, they've they got all kinds of scriptures. But Ezekiel said in a proverb, he says, well, there were generation of curses. And he said, even in his day, from this day, there'll be no more of this. And here it is, 2021. And Ezekiel said, from this, the generation of curses, from this day, this, this proverb, should know, you, you'll, you'll no longer be able to use this. This will not be actively working anywhere. But yet we, we resurrected all these curses. You, you, you know what stops us from being blessed? You know what stops us from being healed? You know what stops us from, from receiving what... You know, you know what the problem is that stops you from receiving what you need? Is what you think the problem is. So it comes to a place called rest. Now... Let me hurry and finish here. Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 1, Therefore fear, that word fear means believe, lest the promise being left to you of any interest. Look how he starts it. He says, in other words, be cautious. Therefore believe. Therefore, lest the promise would leave you. How many want a promise to leave you? I don't. Nope. This is Hebrews 4, 1. I'm in the King James. Of you even entering into rest, any of you should come seem to come short of it. In other words, he says, I don't want you to come short of this rest. Y'all with me? Amen. Verse 2. For unto us the gospel was preached as well as to them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith of them that heard it. For we which have believed, we which do what? We do enter into what? Work. Work? Does believing produce works? Well, there's a, there, there's a work of righteousness, right? But, righteous, but works doesn't produce righteousness. But there is a righteous work. That's the, that would be the fruit. Righteousness would be the root. If you don't like the fruit in your life, you just need to check the roots. That's the problem. Go to the root and you'll know why you got the fruit you got in your life. And what people are trying to do is come up and get prayer and get counseling and you're going to a psychologist and tell them all your, all his your problems, you know, sitting in the chair, laying on the couch and they're taking you back to, you know, when you was, I know I, I, I had a doctor did that and he said, well, you know, when you was born, did anything happen, you know, during the delivery? And I thought, I, I imagine my mommy wasn't her best day. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. That. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one guy said, yeah, it bothered me bad. And the little boy, the man said, and I was, he said, they circumcised me before I left the hospital and I wasn't able to walk for a year, for 12 months. <laughs> Y'all get that on the way home. So. <laughs> Some people couldn't walk for two years after that. <laughs> well, uh, and I thought, where, where are you going with this? And she was trying to follow my life, whatever, and say, well, this, this, and this equals that, and times this and all that. So it, it was trying to unwind that thing. I said, I think we're through. In other words, she thinks I have a problem, and she thinks my problem is this. And I know I have a problem. My problem is I'm, I'm sitting here with you. And I'm through listening to you. 
And if there was a generation, a curse, then you got born again, it ended. But you, you know why? Because your generation starts with Jesus. That's when you got refathered. You say, but my father, okay, but you got, you got born again, remember? How many got born again? Well, then you got refathered. So if your father was this or your mother didn't do this, we'll cut them some slack. Maybe they didn't either. But, but, but you've been born again. You had no excuse. Well, you just don't know what they've been through. I, 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 I have sympathy for that. I can't change what already happened. But I'm telling you, you've been born again. You, you, you have the Holy One come on the inside of you. You now are the Holy of Holies. So what's, your, what's our excuse now? Everyone's got a story. Everyone has a story. Don't you have a story? I could tell you my story. I think I could get some of you crying. And, and I wouldn't have to exaggerate at all. But I've been born again. You say, well, what if you believe all this stuff and you die Thursday. Man, I'm going to split heaven wide open. I, and y'all do the best you can down here on earth. I'll be in paradise. <coughs> Michelle's mother, she's still at the front gate. Because when she goes shopping, she likes to pick up every little thing. I bet she, she barely signed in the book. I bet she just barely, you know, just, just barely got in there. <laughs> and my mother, I'll be right there. Do what? Looking at flowers. Picking up all the little things, looking at them. Enjoying the beauty of the creation. And she's like, how'd you get here so quick? And I say, it was that daughter you gave me. No, I just think. <laughs> Look at, now watch this. Watch this. Verse 6. Seeing then, seeing then, verse 6, that some must enter therein, to my rest, and they to whom it was first preached, they entered not in. Entered not in what? Rest. Now, why, can't, why didn't they enter in to rest? What was their problem? Y'all see it? This is class now we're having. They did not enter in. Why? Because of unbelief. Did God want them to enter in? Yes. But, what, but what kept them out? Unbelief. unbelief. Matter of fact, if you haven't amplified the, 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 the last verse of the previous chapter, uh, don't go there, but the amplifies Hebrews 3, the last verse, 16. King James says, so we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. I like the way the amplifier said it. He said they could, not, they could not enter in. They did not trust or rely on God. Unbelief shut them out. Unbelief's evil. It's not a bad thing. God said it's evil. God said unbelief is demonic. So he said, so the promise is still for today. Now watch here. I'm, I'm, I'm winding this thing down. Uh, verse 7, and he limiteth us, he said, and he limiteth a certain day saying to, to David, today after so long a time as it is today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart, for if Jesus had given them rest, they would not afterwards have, have spoken of another day. Now verse 9, listen. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. How do I know that I'm believing? I'm resting. I'm in rest. It's not that I won't speak the word or confess the word, but I'm not, I'm not doing this to produce something. I'm, I'm, I'm resting in it. I'm resting in it. I had four shirts come in the, the mail this week, but I never checked on them because she, she ordered 
four shirts and she has some kind of points and all that. And she said, I had all these points to add to it and even covered the shipping. So she said, I, actually, I mean, all four of them just all together with the points is $10. I said, well, that's good. But I never wondered if the shirts was coming in. You know why? Because Belk said they were. Belk. Belk. The God of Belk. Not Belch. Belk. Belk said they were coming in. And I, and I never questioned Belk. They accepted my card. They said, you have all this credit. You want to use it right now? She, she, she decided we would. And she said, okay, minus this, minus this. And then shipping, you owe us 10 bucks for four shirts. And I never, and, and, and you know what happened? They all came in. Put them right in the mailbox. Shirt in the mailbox. I'm, can you imagine that? What an awesome belt God who can deliver four shirts. And I never thought about it. But I don't know if the Lord can help you. Now watch here. So, so in a sense, in a natural realm, I, I didn't agonize with it. I never thought about it again. I was, it was ordered. It was a done deal. You, you rest. Y'all with me? Now watch here. Verse 10. For he that enters into his rest, he also has ceased from his works as God did from his. Oh. If you're going to enter into this rest, he said, he, here's how we know it. He that or she that enters into the, this, his rest will cease from his works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into this rest, lest any man fall at the same example of, un of unbelief. So we, we see unbelief is not the way you can do it. You've you, you, you got to get in there by faith. You can't get in there by unbelief. So he's telling us that, that, that God has ceased from his works. You can hook this up to Psalms 95 and read almost the same thing. You read it in, in, in Genesis chapter 1 that when God finished his work, he ceased from his works. In other words, he tells you here that God did everything that you and anticipated everything that you would ever need in your life, created it, and now God has ceased from his works. In other words, God, God's telling you, I just want you to know I'm not working. I'm, I'm through working. He said, so enter into my rest and you quit working because... Why you keep talking to me? Because I'm not even working. I'm, I'm through. <laughs> so, well, if we get enough people praying to God, we'll, we'll, maybe we can get God. No, God says, no, I'm through. I'm, I'm, I cease from my work. Then he tells you to cease from your work. Well, then who's doing the working? Jesus does the work. Amen. And he already did the work. Amen. Now he tells you, enter into that which is finished. And he says, rest and cease from all your labor and your works the way God did from the foundation of the earth when he created the earth. He said, God stopped working. Amen. Now enter into that same kind of rest and you quit working as God has already quit working because Jesus has already did this and he has finished it and is seated down. So in the old covenant, you never saw a priest. If you went into the tabernacle, into the inner, the inner court where, where the offering was made and the blood was, was taken and it was shed there, there, there was no... Uh, a whole different teaching, but there, there, there was no there was no place where you say this for a priest to sit down. There was no furniture there that, he, that, that the priest would ever sit down. And the reason why is because his work was never finished. He 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 
he stood until his work was finished. There was no place for him to take a break and sit down because the work was ongoing and ongoing and ongoing and ongoing. So actually in the new covenant, you know, we talk about healing is under the atonement. If it's under the atonement, it belongs to us. Actually, that's not even quite the right word for us. It definitely isn't the right word for us in the new covenant. We still use it that we know that we were healed because it, was, it belonged to us in the atonement. But the atonement was what? It just simply meant it was covering. In other words, the, he would take the blood of a, a bull or goat and, 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 and he would put it on, the, on the, uh, that sacrifice and the lamb and he would put it on, on, on the, uh, what am I trying to say here? On the altar, thank you. He put it on the altar and that was a covering for, for man's sin for a period of time until the next time sin was offered, which would still keep you with a guilty conscience mm -hmm. because you had to come tell him what you did and then you had to bring a perfect lamb and then he would do this to, to cover your sins. But there is no covering in the New Testament. There, there, there is no atonement in the, in the new covering. He absolutely dissolved and forever did away with. So you're, you're, you're not covered. You're, you're righteous. You're, you're guilt free. Guilt free. So if you rest... As God rests, if you quit working, as God quit working, then you can't be healed today. Say it again. If you, God says, the promise still is open to you today because they went in or in. So the promise is still valid. He said, but if you're going to come in, he said, you're going to have to come in the new and living way in the new covenant. If you're going to do that, you're going to have to understand that I anticipated all mankind's needs. And now you're going to have to rest in this. Like I'm resting, he says, because I, I have ceased from all labors, God said. Now you enter into what I do and you rest. So if you're resting in God, you can't be healed. It's because, and the reason why you can't be healed is because you already are. You can't get healed. Because you already are healed. Amen. I don't know if I said that good enough. Or, 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 I mean, so, so we can't get you healed today because you already are. Now we can bring your body up to speed. Slap it around a little bit and tell it some things. But we can't get you healed because you already are. So if you're not working because God's not working, then Jesus did the work and now it's just the Holy Spirit doing the work. Amen. So that scripture, and, and uh, this is my final closing. I still want them to say some things, but watch here. Here's this verse. Turn me every which way, it turned me loose too. Galatians 2.20, the, the, the distilled Bible said this. This is, this is the verse that you've heard me talk about, the girl who got the brand new knees. Matt was there with me. Remember, and I won't go through all that story. I mean, just totally recreated two knees with just, just sitting there. You could just hear bones cracking and popping and everything. And I, and, and I was and I was just thinking, I, I'm I'm just preaching for Pastor Billings. He's in Texas, and my my thing is just say, y'all get connected with your pastor, and you've got a vision here. That's my goal. I'm not here trying to teach anything. So Wednesday night, some girl comes up, and I got I got a word of knowledge and says someone needs healing. And I thought, oh, well, okay. Uh, we got to go, but someone needs healing. I just heard that. Who is it? And then here she comes. Oh, gosh. Tells me she don't believe in healing and believes it's all been passed away and she believes me if I pray for her, nothing's going to happen. 
That would take a rainbow brain and turn it into a pretzel because we need to teach you lots of stuff. You, you've got to know a lots of stuff. And people say, well, I, I taught them and I taught them and now it's up to them. Well, that's a cop out. Yeah. Well, I taught you, you just come back when you get more faith. Well, if they get more faith, they don't need to come back. Why, why do they need to come back when they got more faith? See, faith is, has already been given to you, right? And to serve who? Y'all y'all listen to their broadcast if you know. Faith, faith is a servant. You don't serve faith. Faith serves you, right? That may be what you want to talk about. But and we need to get that because we've made faith or something that we, that, that we serve. We heard that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. So, so it was like we almost got this thing about uh, the old ways they used to uh, make a train run by someone shoveling a bunch of coal. Because if you quit shoveling the coal, what happens to the, the train? Comes to a dead stop. You, you quit shoveling in faith, food to faith, and nothing's going to happen. And it's supposed to be feeding me. So we got people running around trying to protect the anointing and, and serve faith, and we're exhausted. You said, y'all going to come to church? Son, no, we're just too tired. It, 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 that's a lot to go to church. A lot to go to church. Hallelujah. So I'm sitting there, and this woman sitting there, I said, uh, <clears throat> so it's the knee. She said, yeah. And I said, well, you can, can, can you bend them like this? And she said, uh, I could. She said, how? I said, I mean, can you bend your knees like this? She said, I, that was three years ago. I can't bend them. They don't bend at all anymore. And there's no more operations, all the parts in there. And then I said, maybe two years I got left. And then I'll have to amputate both legs. And I said, she said, I just don't believe in healing. I don't believe nothing's going to happen. I said, well, why are you here? She said, well, I hope I'm wrong. I said, well, you are. You're wrong. And I said, so I'm going to lay hands on you. And God's going to put two knees in you in about two minutes. And then I heard myself say that. And I said, oh, my God. What did I just, oh, my God. I got that, got that, 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 that. And I, and I was having, let me tell you, I was having an inward anxiety attack. And I told her, she says, I don't believe this. I said, it don't matter, it's a piece of cake. And I thought, a piece of cake, Eric, what's you told her? You, uh, you, she's going to have two knees recreated, and you told her it's no problem, piece of cake, and she don't even believe in this. And all of a sudden, all them scriptures that Pastor Buzzy's bringing all that time, Man, he brought one up to me, so it came, I could hear it like the Hallelujah Choir. And it was Galatians 2.20, it says this, because the Lord knew I was struggling on the inside because I was thinking about, I ain't ready for this. Have you ever prayed for someone? You didn't feel ready for that? Yeah. Just two of us? <laughs> Have you all ever prayed for someone and it was a big deal and you, maybe you didn't feel like you was ready to pray for that? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> you got to remember this. You may not have ever seen it before, but the one who lives on the inside of you, he's seen it all the time. He's, I mean, he's seen everything. The Holy Ghost has been to a few meetings. <laughs> he was there at the Red Sea, so, you know, leukemia doesn't bother him. He's, he, he, he created the, the world. God spoke and he says, universe, got it. So pneumonia doesn't scare the Holy Spirit. Now, now here we go. Here's the scripture. Galatians 2.20, the still Bible says this. Paul said, I consider myself as having died. I'm now enjoying a second existence, which is simply Jesus using my body. And so she stood in front of me and he says, he said, Eric, just, um, I don't need your faith. He says, I don't need to, to teach her anything. 
She doesn't need a seminar. She needs help. Now, I'm not going to come down there tonight because that's what I have you here for. You're to represent me. So all I need you to do is use my name, put your hands upon her. He said, uh, son, I'm already faithed up. Because <laughs> she, she needed to know a lot of stuff. When she says, I don't believe none of this, I, I don't believe God heals. I, don't, I, I mean, I know it could, but I, I, I just don't believe nothing's going to happen. Nothing. I just want you to know that. I said, I just want you to know I don't care. And I, and I laid my hands on her, and then, I mean, it was, what, what five, ten minutes it took to recreate two brand new knees in her. Just, just, just a piece of cake. Piece of cake. You know why? It was him. It was, I had faith in him and faith in his name. And that's what Peter and John said. Why, why do you look at us that we did this out of our own holiness? And, and that's why you don't have the authority in his name. Because if you, if you thought you had authority, you'd be trying to earn that. So he says, this went wrong with Adam and Eve. So I'm not giving you my authority. See, you say, well, I, I, I let the devil in, you know, by doing something and I sinned and I let the devil in. I gave him authority. Now, you, you can't give him authority because you don't have nothing to give him. And if he comes in and do it, he didn't do it by, he didn't do it by your authority. He did it because he's a thief. A thief don't need authority. If they have authority, they're not a thief. <laughs> right? So you didn't give him authority. He didn't have authority. You don't have authority. You're just acting like granddaddy did, and that's why he's working there. So stop acting like granddaddy did. Put it under the blood and receive the grace of God, and it, it, it's a great day. Hallelujah. I know you got something y'all can add to that. No, no, just... just. Come on. Well, I... Is this on? Praise God. I got a bunch of things to say, but I'm going in so many different directions right now. Isn't that awesome? I mean, this really is easy, and it really is simple. Jesus summed it up with only believe. And we've complicated that so much. We've made that so hard, and we've made it to where if you're not a certain position in the body you got to try to just climb up there and get it and it's not true when I was about six weeks old in Christ I was working at a place called FMC in Anniston Alabama and I knew a little bit about the word all I had done was I had been nothing and no good I'd had nothing to offer, and God saved me. And that moment, I became God's perfect apple of His eye in that moment. That's right. And about six weeks later, I'm working. I'm in a building that's, I'm in it by myself. There's nobody in the huge building, loud, everything going on. I'm all masked up and you know I got all the stuff on to keep these little burrs from going in my eyes and all the goggles and all that stuff and I heard someone behind me say tell my people so I like a good guy climb out from under the press take all my equipment off to talk to whoever walked up behind me and there wasn't anybody there so I 
take the time to put all that stuff back on. I get back under there. I'm grinding away on these dies. This was my job. My only person in the shop. And I heard it again. And I think I'm remembering it from 32 years ago. But I think I got out from under that press one more time to see who was behind me. Now, you know, I wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I want to make a point right here. He did that when I didn't know nothing. He wasn't waiting on me to eat at the tree of knowledge before he started talking to me. That's how easy it is to hear the voice of God. Now, let me go forward now 30-something years. You've never lived in an easier time to hear the voice of God. You've never lived in a more prophetic time than we are in right now. This is the time you were designed, created to live in. He knew who you were. He knew what your name was. He knew everything in you. And all, I've, all I had now, now since then, I've heard a lot of things from God. I've, I've, I've never had another audible voice like that. And I was six weeks old in the Lord. So before you say, well, that's you, and you're whatever you are, and I'm just this, do not do that to yourself. I was a six-week-old baby Christian that God chose to talk to me out loud to that I heard and, and adjusted what I was doing so that I could hear this person, I believe, and, and it was a person behind me, but it was the person of the Holy Spirit. So I started right then, from that moment till several years later, I, I tried everything I could do to work, you know, and earn what God had for me. But I became righteous the moment. I became the I didn't just I didn't just get to act righteous. I became righteousness. He made the one who knew no sin to be sin for me, so me who knew only sin could be and become the righteousness of God. I qualified that day, and look at me, worked 30-something years since then, try to be it. Everybody does that. We all do that. We have this idea that, well, now I've got to rise up, and, and I'm, I'm for that. But I'm telling you, God loves you, and He is not dependent on your love for Him. He's not dependent on your behavior to love you. The moment you got born again, He... have. A lot of you in here have kids. Some of, your, some of those kids are sitting here with you. You need to remember what you felt like when you looked at that kid the first time. Because that's how God sees you every single day. He is totally sold out in love with you. I had a thing happen to me here a few months ago, and I told it here at the church. I told about driving down Rainbow Drive in, in, in uh, Rainbow City, driving down this road, and I went by a house, and I remember, I remember that my first grade teacher lived in that house. Miss Jimmy Hoyt Wilkerson, the only place in the, in the world you can have a woman with two man's names to start with, Jimmy Hoyt. We live in the South, don't we? And uh, I went by her house, and I, and I remembered her. And I, remember, I could hear her voice. I could hear me being in the first grade. I don't have a lot of young members. It's weird. But, but in the first grade, I remember going up to her and saying something or asking her a question. And I remember her, it, she didn't do this, but the way I felt was she knocked all the other kids out of the way. That's how I felt. Now, she didn't do that, but what she did was she looked right in my face and she said, 
what do you need? And when I talked, all the other kids could be screaming and hollering and doing what they were doing, and she did not care. She totally focused on me. To the point that I forever thought I was her favorite person in the whole wide world. But what, I, what the Lord showed me, I said, I'm riding down, I'm going on down that road. And the Lord said, here's what she did, Randy. She totally engaged with you. And he said, that's exactly what I do every moment of your life. And he said, when you engage back with her, you wound up thinking you were her favorite. You wound up thinking she loved you more than anybody else in the world. He said, you need to, to put that over on me. When you engage with God and he engages back, you start thinking he loves you more than anybody else. And the truth is he does. He does. And he said, I can do that with six billion people at the same time. Amen. And so, but when you do that, when you, when you do that, in, even in the natural, when you engage with something, you hear about people that they say, this guy's like he's a basketball player. He's like 5'8". He wants to be a professional basketball player. Basketball player. Well, that does not go. Yeah, well, now wait a minute. If he does, if he engages with that and he gives himself to that, you, you, find, you wind up. I don't know if anybody remembers. You remember the name Spud Webb? You ever heard that guy? He was 5'7", played for the Atlanta Hawks, won the slam dunk contest in about, I don't know, 100 years ago. <laughs> won the slam dunk contest. I was sitting there watching. I thought, there's hope for us. <laughs> But what he did was, he, one thing I promise you he did, he didn't listen to anybody else and what they told him. Right. He did not believe he was 5'7". He thought he was 6'9 or something. Because inside, that's what he knew was in there. And I'm telling you, you it, you're supposed to love God. But you're, the most important thing you need to see is how much God loves you. Well, you don't know what I've done. Well, you don't know what I've done. But God does, and He don't care. He is not tore up about sin, y'all. He's not, he's not worried about that. He used to be. But then He sent this guy named Jesus. And He dealt with it. And He didn't just cover it up. He completely disintegrated it and annihilated it. And it is gone. And it's supposed to make us go, God is the only being that can forget. I'm going to say it again. God is the only being that can make it. Let me just give you an example. You're in a courtroom. This lawyer stands up and he asks this witness a question that he knows is inadmissible in court. He gets an objection heavily from the other side. The judge says, objection sustained. Strike that from the record. Can you imagine the 12 people on the jury? that heard exactly what this lawyer wanted them to hear, saying, I'm going to forget that. <laughs> he only did it because he knew they wouldn't forget it. Yeah, that's right. It's the main point of his whole deal that's going to convict this guy. And he says, strike it from the record. Now, y'all forget what I just said real quick. Now, do it. Forget it. Forget it. But God... Saw everything you did, and he made a decision to cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. And he's the only being that can just say, the devil can go and accuse us, and God's like, uh, I don't see that anywhere. 
Because when the devil's, you know how to tell when the devil's lying? His mouth's moving. (laughs) Amen. I have just a couple of scriptures here, and it is a picture. All it is is a picture of what Pastor has been talking about all morning. And it is Romans 12, 2. We don't even have to go there. I, I feel like we all probably know that scripture where we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we may prove what is God's good and perfect will, right? Well, there's another scripture, 2 Corinthians, and this is the one I want to read that goes with that because we spend so much time trying to renew our mind. But that is not exactly what the scripture said. 3.18, I'm going to start in 16. It says, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Spirit of the Lord is what changes us, what transforms us into this image. And this says, as in a mirror. So we're supposed to look into the mirror, and we don't see us anymore, because remember, Christ lives in us. And we live in Christ. So when we look in that mirror, we're supposed to see the image of the glory of the Lord, which is Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's Colossians 1, 26 and 27. That is the picture of everything he's talking about. This day of rest, this uh, seventh day that we're supposed to live in. That if you, if you are living in the day where God is and our life is hid in Christ, then we're supposed to be the express image. And so you're not trying to build yourself up in faith. You're not trying to, because faith is part of our DNA. Remember, we have a new father. And the the proverb that uh, Pastor was talking about this morning says that the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. No longer will that be spoken in the land. That proverb is over. That was Old Testament, and that's talking about the fathers have done it, whatever it is, and the children have to pay for it. It's over. So there are no more generational curses. That's enough to shout about. And so we've got to look in this mirror and stop seeing what the enemy is constantly telling us we are. He doesn't know who we are. He has no revelation knowledge of who you are. Your creator made you. He knows who you are, and then he put himself in us and and made us to be in him and raised us up into heavenly places in Christ Jesus where our life is hidden in Christ. And when he's revealed, we're revealed in glory. That is Colossians 3, 1 through 4. So when we look into that mirror, we're supposed to see Jesus. That's why, and to me, it's, it's, it is pure liberty to realize that it's not on my authority. I, it's not my authority, but it's, it's his. So that sets me free to know when I stand up and say what he said, 
and it doesn't take 50 scriptures. If you know him, then you trust him. And his word is truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Not a truth, but the truth. So when I speak that word, then I know and I'm fully confident in him because I've engaged with him. And that's all this is. It is a picture of when you engage with God and you allow Jesus to be who he is inside of you, you literally turn into that good creature, that good creation that Jesus, that God said you are. Because when he created us, he said, very good. And so when we were made new creatures in Christ, behold, old things are passed away. All things have become new and all things are of God. So that's who we are. We, and, and to me, that's just it's a breath of fresh air. It is a breath of fresh air to realize I don't have to keep trying, trying, trying. But all I have to do is get over in this realm of the seventh day, the day of rest, where God has been seated, is sitting since creation. Because on the, if you go back and read Genesis, where uh, he created the, the world, it says he gets over into the seventh day and he rests. Mm -hmm. And so in, in Hebrews 4, he's calling us to that place. He's, I'm still here. Yep. Haven't left. <laughs> you know, get over here with me. And so our labor is to enter into that rest. And that's, to me, that's just, that's awesome. Hallelujah. That's time to celebrate because my work day and my work week is finished. So I'm going to get in him and let him do the work. Because he's made me with this DNA. This, when I was on the way here, and this is the last thing I want to say, we were riding this morning, and, and the Lord just spoke to me, and he said, um, I put a frequency in you. There's a frequency in you that connects us. It's built into your DNA. So that when you access this frequency, it opens the door between us it opens all of heaven's resources to you he said that frequency is called faith you already have it it's it's built into you i gave it to you so when you access that when you access it then you then you have all of heaven's resources right there so you're not trying to build something up you're just accessing something that i gave you a tool a servant and so when we do that, we, it takes the pressure off of us trying to perform because we realize God has equipped us with the needed thing. And so all we have to do at that point is believe. Praise God. Glory to God. Well, I, I want to reiterate how important it is and how easy it is to hear the voice of God. Uh, if you're not here, and this is not condemnation, this is encouragement. If you're not hearing the voice of God, then what you, you don't really need revival, you need awakening. You need to be awakened. And uh, he talks to me in all kind of ways. I told you about the story, you know, riding down the road, and here's that house. That, that, all that. I wish I knew how many times I've heard the word engage since then. And And... 
you know, it's all the rage. <laughs> Engage is all the rage if you listen to the, the people we listen to. And these two people right here, they're our closest ministry friends. We're, we're brothers and sisters. I mean, we are... We love them. We we want to be with them more than we, you know, than we than we are. And I I told them this morning when I came in, I, I was talking to Matt, I think, and I said, you know, this is uh, this is not like our second home. This is like our first home here. <laughs> we love it. And uh, but I did have a couple of other uh, things that the Lord spoke to me recently, and He told me, He said, it's it's going to be a great fall. I was just I was just going along about my day, and he told me, and I was hot. Matter of fact, I was hot, and I'm ready for some cold weather. But Lord said, it's going to be a great fall, and I'm like, and I, I thought, okay, cool. You know, I thought I was just thinking that it's going to be it's going to be cool soon. God said, no, it's going to be a great fall. There's going to be a great fall. He told me that, and he said, I want you to hear me. There's going to be a great fall, and so I said, okay. And his, immediately when he's told me that, he said, there's also on the other side, on the evil side, there's going to be a great fall. So when it comes to politics right now and all the junk that's going on and all the baloney and all the nonsense and all the distractions and all the, all the stuff the world's trying to get you to be aware of, all this awareness, you know, it's probably like black poodle awareness day today or something. And then tomorrow will be like white boat uh, in the ocean day because they're trying to give us stuff to be aware of. They want us to be aware. And then they want us to be woke. But the truth is, woke is not awakened. It's not the same thing, y'all. No. When you're awakened to God, then all that other stuff will fall by the wayside. Now, if you're getting, if, if I say something, you, what you want to do is you, you've got to understand that if I say something that you're, you hear and you're like, you might find yourself getting a little offended, like if I say, look, the, all the stuff that they've put on us and put on the United States is all invented so that we will be subject to what the government wants. If you start feeling uh, offended by that and think, well, I'm doing some of that stuff. I'm, you know, I'm watching for that. What you do is you have a filter in there that's allowing you not to receive exactly what the Holy Spirit wants for you, which is complete freedom, no fear. You don't need a... I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm going to say this out loud. Well, you you already been vaccinated by Jesus, the blood, the Holy Ghost. You've been vaccinated. Now, you, you say, well, he told me not to get... No, I didn't tell you that. What I said was, is a higher truth, which is you, have, you are absolutely immune to anything. You live in a bubble. You live in a Holy Ghost bubble. Your house... I saw this map one day. I was just... We were maybe having church or something. I, I saw this map. It was a picture of, a, of the United States. It was a map. And you know how cell companies and people like that, they'll show you their coverage areas. They'll, you'll see this map. They'll have this little circle around an area. And then there'll be this bow that comes up. You know, it's just a flat map, one-dimensional. But they'll have this bow coming up, and it'll go over to this other coverage area. And remember years ago when, like, cell phones came out there might not be but three places in the united states that use that kind of phone they were trying to sell but i saw that and when i saw it i saw our property we have property and our church just happens to be at our property right now our home i saw that circle around our property and i saw this bow and it came right over to jemison alabama and then it was around this church and it was around their home they they lived at a different home at the time but it's still around that home 
Amen. And uh, it went to that house, and then I could see it going from my, our house to our people, like we have members of our church, Restoration Church. I could see that going to their house and then in different areas. And then God started talking to us about portals. You guys are sitting under right now a portal, straight, absolute, open hotline to God. You're in that. And that, now, you get to decide right now, would you like for that portal to be extended from this place over to your house, over to your job? How about this? What if it just traveled around your car wherever it went? What if that just went around you like what they think they're giving us with the masks and the other stuff? Because you know that, that's not really protecting us. I mean, we're really not protected because one moment they'll be telling us one thing and the next minute it'll change with the circumstances. So what we've got to do is just what we're saying, just what we're getting here is wake up to what the Lord said, you know, 30 years after I had that vision here recently. God said, I'm going to finish that. I'm going to close the loop on what I told you, which is, tell my people, remember, 30, tell my people to wake up and be restored. <laughs> and he didn't say, tell sinners, because we're supposed to witness, right? But he didn't say that. He said, tell my people to wake up and be restored. So all we've got to do is get our mind on Christ and, and quit trying to earn it, quit trying to pay for it, Quit trying to uh, get God to do something that He's already promised us, and we'll have it. I had a, I was watching a movie. I'm gonna finish with this. You got some more? All right. I was watching a movie, and I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I like some of them. I think the latest one is what, like uh, the Last Jedi? Isn't that the last one they did? Anybody know? Is it okay? Don't be scared. Answer. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just telling you. Luke is an old man. Luke Skywalker's an old man. So he comes out of this cave where the resistance is, and the bad guys are all lined up here with all their guns. They got all their stuff, and they're all lined up. And his nemesis at the time, which he's had several, his nemesis at the time is actually Han Solo and Leia's son. Now, they hate each other. So he comes, he, he sees Luke Skywalker. He walks out. And he says, I want every gun aimed at that man. And they aim all the guns and they start firing as fast as they can. And it's like probably the longest sequence of gunfire in any movie. <laughs> they just keep pounding it. Bam, 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 bam. So one of the guys finally tells him to stop. You think, and he asks him, you know, you think you got him? And so he's sitting there just shaking and sweating because he hates this person so bad. And so all of a sudden... They're going to go ahead and kill the rest of the resistance. And this guy comes walking out of the what would be a crater, I guess, out of the dust, and it's Luke Skywalker. And he goes, and I thought, that looked just like Jesus. I got you. You're crucified. You ain't coming back. And Jesus walks out and goes, And that's who you represent. That's the guy that backs you up. <laughs> that's the guy that loves you with a love that we won't comprehend probably till we get to heaven. 
but you know how to love. I mean, we know what love is. We, again, we look at our kids. We, look at, we know how to love. But I'm telling you, God has a love for you. He is not mad at you. He's not mad. He's not disappointed in you. God will never miss an appointment, so he can't be disappointed. You have a destiny. You have an appointment with Jesus, with God. And it is un... He will not take it back. His gifts and callings are without repentance. And all we got to do is, okay, all right, I'll, I receive it. One more story. There's a movie called Sea Biscuit. It's about a horse. I don't know whether the movie's true or not. I just know these, all these people in this movie represented are broken. They're all busted up people. And this wealthy guy, he buys his horse for nearly nothing. Well, he finds this jockey who is messed up and beat up, and he's too big. He's not the right. The horse is too small. The jockey's too big. Everything. You ever been felt like everything in your life was too late, too this, too that, not enough this, not enough that? None of it's true. You're not too old and you're not too young. You're not not enough in anything. You're the one Jesus lives in. So the movie goes on, and when he first, when this kid first comes around, he's just been beat up his whole life, sold, abandoned. And he comes in, and this Mr. Howell, he's just, he's a, he's a good guy. And he's had tragedy in his life. And so, turns out, this jockey, uh, Red, he has a bad tooth. So he comes to him, he ain't been working for him but a minute. But he comes to him, he says, you know, I gotta, I gotta get this tooth taken care of. He said, okay. He said, what do you think it'll cost? He said, I think I can get it done for $10. So he just peels out $20 and has, you know, and you can imagine if you can get something fixed for $10 and you got twice that much, you know. He just peels out a $20 bill and hands it to him and he says, well, I'll pay you back. And you can tell it almost kills him to take that money. But he takes it and thanks him, and he's just humble. So years later, he's had, they've had the whole movie now. Now, I just remember these two scenes. But if we've had this whole movie. They have victories and defeats and all this other stuff. And now he's got his leg hurt, and the horse has been hurt. But he fixes his boot so he can put a brace in it, and he wants to ride. Now they just build a new brace. You know, it wouldn't be nothing, but at the time... The doctor told him he, would, he couldn't ride anymore. So he goes to Mr. this man and says, I want to ride. He said, you can't ride. He said, I'm going to ride. He said, you can't. No, you're not. And he said, no. He said, I, I rode this. I had this race run, won one time. It's a particular race he wants to run. He said, I had that race won. And then Mr. Howell says, well, this is different. He said, yeah, it's different. <laughs> it's a lot different. And I'm hearing that. And when I first hear it, I think, my mind says he's being arrogant. But what the Holy Spirit says is he's being a son. He's becoming a son. He's, he's not being, he's not out of order. He went from being nothing and totally not a part of anything. And now he's come full circle. And now he wants something from his daddy. This guy's his dad, his dad, and he's not being arrogant. He's just standing up for who he is in him. 
and he gets to do what he's doing. And, you know, that's just two little scenes, but the Lord said, you, you hear that and you think he's being, you know, he's just being unreasonable to want to do that. But really what he's doing, the Lord told me, he said, that's how you come to me. He said, you Christians, believers, they come to me like that, but he said, I want them to not, and, and here's the good thing about God, as much as you want to have what God wants you to have, He wants you to have it way more. <laughs> He's never going to say, no, you might get hurt. No, you might fall off. He's going, nope. No, He is not a, he, He's protecting just like you protect somebody when you say, yeah, you can do it. So we think we're protecting somebody when we say, I don't want you, you know, I don't want you to put yourself out there. And that. A lot of times that's how we feel when somebody says, well, I'm, I'm going to go conquer the world. Well, we know, we, we look at, we try to protect them from that. And when we ought to say, oh, I'm right behind you. You're going, yes, you are going to go conquer the world. Because everything, everything doesn't always turn out like we think it's going to look. But if we follow the Holy Spirit like we should, and we let Jesus do it, it'll always turn out like he wants it. And that's what we want. Amen?